In this episode of The Full Nerd, we talk about the world's most powerful consumer GPU, AMD's new, new Ryzen, and Intel's Optane finally surfaces. Welcome back. Uh, and welcome to the Full Nerd episode 19. You can tell how prepared we are. We are not at all. Episode 19 recorded March 21st, 2017. I'm Gordon Maung with co-host Brad Charkas. Hey, hey. And behind the camera controlling everything is Adam Patrick Murray. Hey, hey, hey Gordon. How you doing? I'm back from South by Southwest, man. I got barbecue. I've got, I got a problem, though. I need your help with, Gordon. I am so hipstered from being in Austin, Texas. I started using my MacBook again. I need your help, man. I, I really need to get away from this. Can you can you help me with this? <laughs> I didn't expect that. <laughs> you did get back from South by Southwest. I, I wasn't. I wasn't. I I did. I, we ate so much barbecue. I just felt like the ultimate hipster. You know, I got these cool glasses and uh, a Polaroid camera. I just started using my Mac again. It was just too. I, I don't think they let you into South by Southwest unless you have a Mac, right? Yeah, that that was the problem. I need to use it again, but now I just I feel this overwhelming um, hipsterness washing over me, and I, I need I need help, Gordon. I need I need out of it. Did you seriously not see one single Windows laptop down there? Uh, actually, you know what? The uh, Microsoft was there with the Surface Studio, um, but it, it was like you should have seen the whole place was just empty. There was just like maybe three people, you know, from from the Intel company, or you know, because Intel's in Austin. Uh, really. It was, no, nobody was there, man. Yeah, I say I don't want to take this completely off the rails. <laughs> so Adam always tries to take us off the rails before we get started. And if you want to hear about Ryzen, GTX 1080 Ti performance, all that good stuff, Optane, you need to hang in there. But I, I'm gonna. So like we're talking about hipsters now. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm gonna, sorry. I'm, uh, I'm cleaning up. I'm taking my. Yeah. Okay. We're getting back into the land of PC of nerds. But wait, wait. So here is my Microsoft story because Microsoft down there was the perception down there in basically. Hipster city, you know, you know, Mac world, Mac, MacBook land. Was it what? What was the perception of Microsoft and the Surface? Did you think people thought it was cool? I mean, uh, you know, like the the Surface Studio, I think uh, was was pretty cool. Yeah, um, but people yeah. were impressed. I, you know, I actually I feel like I did see a couple. Uh, um, sorry, I literally have barbecue all over myself. Uh, <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I did see a couple Surface books. Yeah. Um, I did see a XPS fifteen. Uh, yeah, I, I did see a couple of them in the wild, uh, especially amongst creatives like me, but yeah, most of the general day-to-day stuff, all the startups in Austin and all the, the cool people showing up for Game of Thrones and stuff, man, they were just all, you know, Apple loving, uh, wearing the Snapchat glasses and everything. You, you know, know? I, I guess it just tells you about the world we, um, kind of orbit in because when I come in on public transit on BART, which is a, a subway in the Bay Area, it's like nine out of ten uh, laptops are are Apple's MacBooks. You know, various. Oh, you live versions. in San Francisco, man. I know it's very interesting, <laughs> but I mean, I I think the problem is you live in a bubble like this, and people think, oh, you know, uh, somehow Apple is like ninety percent of of the computers being sold, but really Apple is still fairly insignificant in a worldwide scale, right? Like nine percent, maybe if that. I mean, it's still great for Apple, but still they're like number four behind HP, Dell, Lenovo, and possibly even ASUS. I think so. Yeah, I live in uh, New Hampshire, which is about as opposite of San Francisco as you can get. And uh, probably, you know, two or three out of every 10 laptops that I see are MacBooks. 
and typically only with uh, well-to-do kind of people. Most, the vast majority of people use Windows PCs up here. Yeah, so I mean, that's actually probably what, in fact, most of the world is like. So it just, it's just weird because I just you see them everywhere here, and you sort of assume Apple has like an eighty percent, you know, uh, market share, and they don't. It's it's fairly insignificant if well, you really think about it. And Austin is a lot of people who have migrated from California. You know what I mean? Uh, so yeah. there's there's a, a startup culture there that's trying to mimic you know the West Coast. So and obviously a ton of people traveling in from other areas. So you know it, it was definitely a, a different vibe. I used to live there for a little bit, and so. Even dur- not during South by Southwest time, I mean, there's still like a ton of startups. There's still, uh, you know, I, I got to put this stuff away. I can't. This, this do they do they give you like a hard time? They don't even know what like they don't even know what you're using. Like Windows, what's that? Or I, I don't know. All right. Yeah. Well, AMD's down there in Austin too, so it's yeah. not totally Apple land. Yeah, and you know that's got to kill Dell. I mean, Dell's down there too. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot. But all right, we are we're gonna get the train back on the track. Right, you are you are here for some high performance data. You you wanna know if the GTX ten eighty Ti is all that. Of course, you know, everybody got super excited. Uh, the basics basically this most powerful video card, is it worth the seven hundred bucks that, that NVIDIA is charging, Brad? It's uh, definitely much more worth seven hundred bucks than the Titan XP is worth twelve hundred dollars these days. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry. One question: When did we start calling it the Titan XP? I just barely I saw that uh, like this that morning. Since the moment that I saw it, okay. And Nvidia yells at me about it. Sometimes. <laughs> I do it inadvertently, though. They should have given it a different name. It's not like an iPad. It's Titan X Pascal based. So Titan XP XP gamers. It makes sense to me. Well, no, I think then the next one has got to be. Uh, uh, Titan X uh, Vista, right? You know, yeah, TXV so, Volta, yeah. the Volta yeah. version. Although it's clear that Nvidia sort of just wants, and they don't even. It's funny because remember with Ma- Titan X Maxwell, Maxwell Titan X M was called GeForce Titan X, and then the Pascal version is just called Titan X, right? There's no GeForce officially, but but they still sell it on the GeForce site. Yeah, and the actual video card says GeForce on it, uh, like on top, right? It still has you know the same. It's the same heat spreader, you know, um, anodized black, but well. I, I just don't understand what, what the rationale is. They just want to call it Titan X, like Sting or something. It doesn't have a last name. Yeah, it's like their Halo product. It's like the iPad. It's like the iPhone, you know? <laughs> but isn't that, I mean, that's the, and if you don't understand this, uh, viewers and listeners, it's because the original Titan X was a thousand bucks, Titan X Maxwell. And then they came out with the Titan X Pascal, which is the new one. And that was 1200 bucks and went up even more. So and then they they don't want to they don't want you to refer to Titan X Maxwell or Titan X Pascal, but everybody has had to do that so as not to confuse people because there's still plenty of people who have Titan X uh, Maxwells out there, right? Yep, yep, definitely. It's still but, a great card. So yeah, but, but anyway, well, yeah. So what we want to note though is how how frowny face should Titan X Pascal people be with the the 1080 Ti? Is it is it all that? Fish. They should not be frowny faced because they knew what they were getting into when they bought it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for five months they've been the number one card cutting edge, but now for you know five hundred dollars cheaper, uh, the GTX 1080 Ti beats it. I mean, it has one gigabyte less uh, memory, has a little bit smaller memory bus, but otherwise it has higher clock speeds, higher memory clock speeds, and it just kicks all kinds of ass. Uh, it comes out slightly ahead of the Titan XP and tested. 
Uh, I didn't have one of those on hand. I only had a Titan, uh, pardon me, a GeForce GTX 1080, and it's roughly 25% on average in the games that I played with it faster. But that can go up to 35 or 40%, depending on the games and settings that you're using. So it just, it's a monster. It's the first card that you can really, you know, in the vast majority of games, you can play with everything cranked to ultra at 4K resolution. Or, I mean, there's a handful of them that you can't, but you can still get great graphics 4K resolution with this thing, no problem. Wow. Nice. And that's, and that's for, the founder's edition card. That's the, you know, that's the reference card. Imagine uh, when, you know, later this month or early next month when the uh, custom cards start coming out, how far that's going to go. Although they, you do you do lose something. I, I noticed that they rejuggled the outputs on the card because all the previous GeForce cards had DVI. This time there ain't no DVI for some reason. Yeah, uh, they took away the DVI port, uh, which AMD's actually done in its reference cards for a long time. Uh, but this is the first time NVIDIA's done it. They've done it basically so they can get better airflow for the card because it's so mm-hmm. much more powerful than the GTX 1080. But uh, it's still the exact same form factor. Like if you put it side by side with the GTX 1080, they look the same on the outside. So the removal of the DVI slot is to improve the airflow coming out the back because these reference cards all blow their, hair, their air out of the back I.O. port. So it gives them extra cooling room. Is, is anyone going to miss the DVI uh, you know, the, the old DVI I bastion. I actually, I actually do already because I have a second monitor set up mm-hmm. that I have running off of DVI just because that's what I've had it set up for, for forever. Mm. So the lack of a DVI port on the back, I mean, I would have to use the, include an adapter in the box. If I was going to set up something like that, that you'd need the adapter. Yeah. That, I mean, that's fortunate. They at least give you the dongle for that, which is good because I imagine people with DVI panels would be pretty pissed off <laughs> they got a new brand new 700 dollar card and didn't work with their old monitor so and uh one of the use cases this card would be really really great for is 1080p gaming at like super high resolution right like uh or sp- speed at uh, 144 hertz this thing would probably just blow through those and a bunch of uh dvi ports uh, a bunch of the dvi ports are used on monitors that go up to that high resolution 1080 144 hertz so there's the potential for that there but again they include the dongles so so what what um so we're talking basically uh 4k ultra basically 60 frames a second average i mean everything will be playable and that's yes, pretty definitely. much the story on on 1080 as far as the performance goes and i mean there there's edge cases there always is like uh, ghost recon wildlands that just came out yeah it's, <laughs> if you put it on ultra it's ultra ridiculously like it'll melt your graphics card but if you yeah. bump it down to very high or high it hits you know 60 frames per second at 4k with the titan x and it still looks beautiful so do, do you think though uh so where does that where does that leave the, t- the 1080 then i mean so uh, obviously the 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 TI card is great at uh, 4K, um, <clears throat> but what about say uh, uh, 1440p? Is it? I mean, that's probably where the 1080 really plays at. Uh, yeah, I'd probably look for like the 1070 as okay. like the 1440 60 frames per second card. I'd look at this point as the GTX 1080 as you know you want to play with high settings at 4K you know, don't mind 45, or you really want to push 1440 at 144 hertz, that'd be good for the GTX 1080, whereas, you know, the GTX 1080 Ti is everything above that. Wow. I mean, does that make it kind of uh, somewhat of a limited market? Because very few people actually play games at 4K. I mean, it's coming up, right? Yeah. That's what everyone's been doing. I mean, 
you want to see them keep pushing performance. So these upper level graphics cards are always limited market. I mean, the vast majority of people buy stuff for 1080p, 60 gaming. So, hey, I, so I got a question. How's the uh, power consumption on the, the? I don't know why everybody always wants to know about power consumption, but I have to ask it. <laughs> it is, you know, uh, it uses a little bit more power than the GTX 1080, obviously. Uh, I forget. I don't have the numbers down right in front of me. But to me, the interesting part is it's not ridiculous. You could run it off a 650 watt power supply with a decent, you know. Oh, really? Uh, okay. You can for pretty much everything these days. Power efficiency is great these days. But the uh, interesting part to me is that it's basically a little bit below the Fury X, AMD's Radeon Fury X in power consumption for the whole system use, but almost twice as fast. The Fury X is half as fast as this thing and uses twice as much power so that kind of tells you how efficient this nvidia card is damn wow that's not that's not good for of course fury x is pretty old at this point right maybe a year and a half two years yeah. no not oh, quite older two years. than that yeah two two years 2015 it came out so wow june 2015 so <laughs> is, is it comparable then to the uh to the titan x uh in terms of power yeah it, it, i think it uses a little bit more but as i said i didn't have a titan x hand, hand myself to test so i didn't compare those but it uses a little bit more just barely any because it has higher clocks so so that's actually realistic brad because i don't think anybody actually owns a titan x i mean i've <laughs> seen them i've seen them in system reviews I, you know but i don't think i don't know anybody who ever bought an actual titan x uh pascal card yeah well, the, I mean, that, that's that's the question, and and I asked this, you know, when they announced it, who is the Titan X for anymore? You know, it, it's it's better performance for half the price. You know, who is the Titan X for? It, it's for those people who need to be there right at the bleeding edge as it happens. Because when it came out, it was the only card like this one that uh, can play 4K games at Ultra on a single card, right? Mm -hmm. And they always pitch it towards uh, scientific use, you know, industry use and stuff. I don't really know where this new Titan X fits into that very well, but. There's still uses for it. They're edge cases, as would always be the case with the $1,200 card. I mean, do they do they keep it around, or at this point, do they either try to bump prices, or do they just kind of try to run through all the stock that they have? I don't think they ever officially discontinue it, but I bet you they're not making anywhere near as many as they used to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, it is interesting, because I if we go back to when they did this with 980, 980, or 980 Ti to Titan X, so original Titan X Maxwell. It still had an advantage. So if you had a Titan X Max, uh, Maxwell and you paid your extra money to, to be first, you still got, what, 12 gigs of RAM? Yep. And the yep. 980 Ti was, was half, right? So like six gigs? Mm -hmm. But this time uh, it's like, what the hell would you ever buy the Titan X for? You wouldn't. And and you shouldn't. Between, between you should not. You definitely should not. <laughs> that was the end of my GTX 1080 review. Don't buy a Titan XP. That was the last one. <laughs> or a Titan X. Pardon me. Sorry, NVIDIA. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I think they are setting it up. I mean, this thing is basically a Titan, right? This is a Titan. As far as intensive proof, this is 100% just the Titan with one gigabyte less RAM. Uh, and that price, I mean, this is not a cheap card. But as we talked about, I believe, on the last show, uh, this is the first time I've ever seen a $700 card announced and thought, Wow, that's cheap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I think they're really trying to set the stage, NVIDIA, to set the stage before AMD Radeon's Vega cards launch. Because if you remember, if you go back to the 980 Ti launch, that launched a couple weeks before the Fury X with the exact same level of performance. Like they tweaked it just enough to be right there <laughs> with the Fury X. 
and add a six really aggressive six hundred and fifty dollar price point, probably to put an upper limit on how much AMD can charge for their right. Fury X. I think uh, that's kind of what they're trying to do here too. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, Oops, sorry, the, I stomped on you a little bit there, Brad. But if you want to finish that thought. No, I'm good. So I, the thing is, the 980 Ti was just mean. That was just like a mean launch. Because I remember it was like, it was intentionally done to just ruin the Fury X party, right? And it was like, man, that's just so mean, you know? It was. It was so cruel, yeah. But this time, they, there's no Vega in sight. Where, where is Vega, you know? We don't, we don't know, half. right? First half. Yeah, self? first half. So it could be anywhere between now and the end of June. Well, and everyone in the chat thinks, yeah, they're, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're prepping this for Vega. Uh, but we have a question from Ashcan and YouTube. Uh, is this a good card for 1440p gaming a card that will last several years with uh, frame rates above 60? Or is this still overkill? W- would you go to uh, 1080? Um, the, the 10, I mean, always the more money that you spend, the more future proof is going to be, right? The 1080 is a really, I don't have my numbers in, in front of me, is a, a really, really great 1080, uh, 1440p card. Especially at over 60, ultra, yeah. Uh, this will make it go longer. I don't think you could go wrong with either of them. There's a $200 price difference. So really, it's whether you think that $200 is worth the extra future buffer. You know, that would be interesting to see if you really do get it. So, like, we're at a point in time, if you buy the TI, you spend, what is that, like 20% more for the TI? How much longer can you really eke out of that card before you got to really, you know, get rid of it? I, 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 I think they're both actually future-proof in terms of memory, because, or at least for the near future, because the GTX 1080 itself has 8 gigabytes of RAM. And some games, if you're playing at 4K and really crank everything up, I mean, you can go close to that. But that's not typical whatsoever. So I think they're both pretty future-proof in terms of memory. Well, it was interesting, too, because I was... um uh, I can't remember where I saw the benchmarking, but it was benchmarking for Mass Effect Andromeda. Uh, and the, the 1070, which I have at home, uh, is pretty much on par with the 980 Ti, which you know somebody mm-hmm. like Hayden has. Uh, and I was just like, oh, wow, that's that's crazy to think that, that now those are equal, even though, you know, when, when the 980 Ti came out, I was, it was just like, that's, you know, that, that, that's got to be better than a, a, a 1070. But no, they're pretty equal at this point. It was funny when uh, the 1070 came out, I was benchmarking it for the review, right? And their whole thing is it's still faster than Titan X. It's faster than a Titan X or, yeah, Titan X 980 Ti. And uh, in the reviews, you could see that they nerfed it just enough because in every game that you benchmarked, it was faster than the 980 Ti by like three frames per second. (laughs) (laughs) Like they tuned that thing right in there to say they were able to say it's faster than Titan X, it's faster than 980 Ti, but just barely. Yeah. So the so 1080 Ti 700 bucks uh that's clearly going to be budget card of the of the year I think but um <laughs> 1080 is now took a price cut it's now 500 bucks right Yeah yeah which is great because even though the uh series the GTX 10 series launched almost a year ago last May uh the prices have stayed pretty static like you've seen prices come down for some of the Radeon cards you haven't seen that whatsoever on these high-end cards so the msrp was still 600 bucks and cards were still selling for 600 or more bucks Hmm. so it's great to see that price drop and you can see those reflected in the real world right away although there was competition i mean where the 4x80 470 lived nvidia was fighting those prices right so that's that's why the yeah. market needs competition, folks. Did did but has the ten seventy moved at all? Has it really? I mean, what's that? What do those go for in no. general? No, still three eighty MSRP. I mean, that's enough of a gap between them, right? 
So 380 to 500 still a pretty sizable gap. I'm not surprised I didn't touch that. It's My not change much, is though. Vega comes out. Yeah. Uh, and we have a, a question from Ryan over on Facebook. He says, any word on uh, when non-founders cards will be available? Yes. Uh, I have an article at PC Word that I keep updated as new news comes out. You can check that out if you'd like. But to talk about it, uh, NVIDIA told me that they would expect them to start showing up uh, by the end of March this month. ASUS just announced their Strix 1080 Ti, uh, and they said it's going to be late March as well, so sometime in the next week, I would figure. Uh, and all the other board makers, you know, Gigabyte, Aorus, or whatever, is showing off boards. EVGA has already thrown out, shown off three different ones. Zotac's shown off a few. I'd expect them all in the next week, couple of weeks, you know what I mean? Uh, Nothing firm, though. I, I got another question, Brad. So the with, with the 1080 Ti, they said, hey, here's the Founders Edition. And then they said, hey, uh, for the first time ever, we're also going to sell overclocked Founders Editions or something like that. I wasn't, it wasn't, I didn't really quite understand that, like, because isn't the clock like 1.5 gigahertz in the RAM and then they'd have, have it clocked up to, or maybe it's a, on the core, it's 1.5. And then they said, we, you, it'll overclock up to two gigahertz and we're going to sell these or something. I, I wasn't really clear no. on what they meant. They were, they were, it's during the live stream I was watching, they said the same thing, a two gigahertz overclock speed, but it's still actually, the max listed boost sp clock speed is 1582 megahertz, uh, but it'll go above that while you're doing it. Uh, but it won't come near two gigahertz. That's you can like the rest of the GTX 10 series, the high end cards. They've basically had no problems hitting two gigahertz speeds. So I'm guessing these are binned so that you can get them up to two gigahertz. No problem. But I wouldn't, you know, bet money on that because you never can with the silicon lottery. But you know, there's a lot of overclocking headroom in Pascal cards, and this is no exception. Okay. Now, what's, you know, of course, with the 980 launch, well, I guess, was it with 1080s? With the 980, there was always this controversy over Founders Editions, and, and or I guess that was 10 series now. My brain is yeah. fried. That was 1080, yeah. <laughs> is it, it do you, what's your feeling on Founders Edition versus an aftermarket card? Um, Founders Edition are fancy reference cards. Uh, they're really attractive. I think it's great, actually, that NVIDIA is making them because for the original problem that they were looking to address, which is for system integrators, because partner cards always change. These can stay consistent for those guys. So, like, you can go to Origin or you can go to Falcon Northwest, and they can buy these from NVIDIA and have stock reference cards all the time. Uh, with the GTX 1080 Ti, the new card, uh, the Founders Edition no longer have a $100 price premium. Hmm which is great for people who wanted to buy it on day one because a lot of people viewed the GTX 1080 and 1070 Founders Edition cards because those were the only ones available as launch as an early adopter tax, right? Like you want a day one, you're going to pay an extra hundred bucks. Uh, that's not the case with the TI. It's the same price as the baseline MSRP for uh, the GTX 1080 Ti. Hmm. Hmm. And, you know, and actually I forgot to mention, I do have a demo so what I'm doing here, I, I just want to show we can talk about other stuff. So this is the HP Spectre. Is, hey, somebody thought this thing was a, a Mac last time. I don't know how they can think <laughs> this is a Mac. This is HP X360 Spectre 13. It's a great laptop. But check this out. I'm going to fire this up. Let's see if this works. I've got all these other notifications that may screw things up. But let me see if I can get this done. <laughs> I'm going to run Firestrike Extreme. This is a KB Lake. It's a KB Lake graphics IGP, so you know you ain't Check running the screen a little bit. So you know you ain't running. Wait, this way. Like oh, towards I see, right. the camera. Yeah, we there we go. There we go. There's a little glare. You know you ain't running uh, IGP with uh, 
3D Mark, uh, Fire Strike Extreme on on IGP, but can we see it on the screen at all? Yep. But I am now running a GTX 1080 Ti with my um, HP Spectre, thanks to the Akidio Node, which is an affordable eGPU cabinet. I'm actually reviewing this right now, but nice. I just want to show it off. It's like, look, I got 1080 Ti and, a, and an Ultrabook. Is it even working, or is it just, like, stuck? Uh, yeah, it's just sitting there. Yeah, of course. Too many notifications. <laughs> <laughs> this will work, though, folks. It does yeah, work. Fine, I have fine. generated. That's fine. In fact, the, it's we funny. just let it run. Uh, GTX 1080 Ti basically, you know, it does, even with the dual core in here versus quad core, it, it will smoke the 1080 laptops, which is like not a surprise, you know, because you're running a full desktop card. Um, what else did I want to ask? So, Brad, I, I, you know what I was loved to offer is like upgrade advice. So, and whenever there's a new card, everybody sort of like, you know, recalculates, well, do I need a new card? If you had a GTX 1080, would you upgrade to a TI card at this point? It's a pretty sizable jump. It's, uh, you know, 25 to 35%, like I said. But if I had a GTX 1080 already, which I actually do, and I don't plan on upgrading, no, because uh, with the, the GTX 1080 can already kind of do the same things that GTX 1080 Ti does, just, you know, stepped down, scaled back. It can already play at 4K in a lot of titles if you bump it down to high. It does pretty well at 1440p. If you've already spent 600 bucks on a GTX 1080, I would not necessarily buy this. I would hold out, see what happens with Vega, see if uh, NVIDIA's new Volta cards so maybe get start getting teased once uh, Vega comes out, so on and so forth. Okay. But if you have a 980 Ti, this is a huge leap forward over that. Right. And, and again, I think the Ti was also sort of like a very high. So, I mean, a lot of people had 980. Would you have an, if you had a 980, do you do, well, of course, I know what you're, I'm going to ask, do you do a second 980 on eBay SLI? <laughs> no, Brad's going to say nope. no because nope. he's a hater. <laughs> or do you, do you do an upgrade to a 1080 at this point or a 1080? Even Ti, I mean, that's a big jump, right? Um, If... I wouldn't do SLI, like you say, because in my opinion, so many games don't support them out of the box. If you're a patient gamer, fine, go with it. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily upgrade a 980 because that still does pretty well. I mean, unless you really, really are looking to fit a use case. Like if you have a 4K monitor, because that was one of the ones, the 980 was one of the first cars that could kind of sort of play 4K at 45 frames per second, you know, kind of that kind of deal. If you're looking for a use case, like I really want to use this 4K monitor and I want it to have good frame rates then maybe upgrade but i think in general the best idea is to wait two generations for graphics cards so if you have a 780 definitely look at this stuff wow okay i mean that's 780 wow that's pretty old though it feels like jeez <laughs> but a 980 will still do it still do really really well i mean that was a top end card last generation man yeah, it's a good. I mean, it's a great. It's still a great 1080p card. Um, 1440p mm, kind of starting to fall off a little bit of the power curve, right? Yeah. So yeah, definitely. Yep. Definitely. Four, 4K never really worked at 4K. No, not well. Uh, the uh, it's all about use cases. The way I figure it. Same with processors. Same with graphics cards. If the card's not doing what you want it to do, then it's time to upgrade. If it's still doing everything you're trying to do just fine, then keep your money in your pocket and wait for something better to come along. Because in tech, there's always something better right around the corner. Uh, but Brad, it's never doing what I want it to do. I should always get the newest thing. <laughs> <laughs> See, look, the demo's not That's working. That's how I feel. Uh, <laughs> my wife guards my bank account. So, <laughs> uh, so uh, I have a question in uh, YouTube. Uh, da, 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 where is it? Um, 
Uh, Ashcan ha- uh, has a core, uh, and he's asking, uh, can Thunderbolt even use 50% of a 1080 Ti? Or, or, or are you getting bandwidth issues over the Thunderbolt? Uh, you know, I, I do think you are, you're going to be paying a, a price. Uh, I do have a performance chart that I did when I actually got this to work. Um, of course, it ain't working now, but let's see if I can. EGPU, Firestrike, 1080, uh, no. Here's, a, here's one. Firestrike Ultra uh, graphics. <clears throat> so I was getting Firestrike Ultra. I was getting 6239. Uh, I'll, let me see if it can show this. on the. I don't know if it'll work or not. See, this ain't no Maxi. Yeah, I can't see it. No, I can't see it. <laughs> I can kind of see it. I can kind of see it. Uh, I should have given these graphics to Adam. Yeah, but, you should have. So the big bar on top is the 1080 Ti, and we're looking at 6200. Um the next machine down is an overclocked 17-inch Monster Origin PC with a Skylake Quad and a GTX 1080, and that's 5200. Um, and more realistically is uh, the MSI GT73 VR Titan with the quad part and a 1080, and that's 3900. So Firestrike Extreme or Firestrike Ultra, sorry, graphics performance only, leaving all the physics stuff out because this, this dual this dual core will get murdered. You're looking at Basically, 3,900 versus 6,200. So you are getting a nice bump up, and that's over a GTX 1080 and a laptop. They ain't, they ain't no toy GPU over there. So that it's <laughs> it's a healthy bump. I do think you give up some performance. Um, PCI bandwidth, it's going to hurt. Yep. But you know what? Um, this is a 2 and 2.8-pound laptop, right? So it is pretty, I, the, the, the promise now, the of it is pretty cool. The question is whether, you know, to me at least, for these external closures, it's not whether or not there is... Uh, lots of performance between the external enclosure and what you get in the desktop card, because I think there obviously will be, right? The idea is that you get damn near full performance or very, very good performance in this laptop that you couldn't possibly squeeze a graphics card into, (laughs) right? You don't have a desktop. So it's, it's a different use case. If you already have a desktop, just put your card in there. But if you don't, get your best graphics card, throw it in an external uh, enclosure, and you're getting good gaming performance. Right. Like the best of both worlds. And I got to say, I saw the Core maybe two CESs ago. It, it was the, the build quality on the Razer Core is just it's stunning. It's like a beautiful, like I think it was a cast aluminum awesome. cabinet. It's just really nice. Five hundred dollars. Mm. So there's like, whoa. Okay, that's that's cool. I'm, a lot I'm smaller too. That. It was yeah, definitely smaller. But five hundred bucks. Uh, this Akidio node. Um, again, I haven't finished my review yet, but it's going for about two hundred and fifty bucks. So I, it's not bad. It's pretty hard to like. Um, yeah, I like that Razer style, but uh, two fifty. And you know, I I will say is I don't want to drag us into uh, eGPU land here, but. It, <laughs> It's not all. It's all nailed down. If you have, like, say, uh, an XPS uh, thirteen, and you want to just go out and buy an eGPU cabinet, think it's going to work? There is a good chance it ain't going to work. I've actually tried a couple different Dells with this, and no joy. I've tried a couple other mm. laptops, and just HP seems to be um, supporting it. And um, a lot of vendors are still working out the issues. There's a lot of BIOS issues that have to be worked out to support eGPU, but mm. HP this definitely works fine. I, I got some numbers to prove it. So. Mm. Um, well, uh, back to the uh, TI, um, Brad. We got a question in uh, uh, Facebook. L- Loanis is asking: Can a single uh, 1080 Ti run smoothly uh, a game like Witcher Three at high ultra settings uh, and Ubisoft's games in Visual Surround Three 1080p monitor setup? In Visual, say that again. I didn't hear the end of it. Visual Surround Three. So three 1080p's. Yeah, three I'm 1080p's. I'm. That's Ooh, yeah. I yeah. would. I mean. 
That's only well, you're t- that's only three 1080p panels of 4K is 1480p. Oh yeah. So yep. you're yeah. I would so think yes. that would not be an issue unless you're looking at oh you're running three 1080p's at 144 hertz a piece then then you're gonna yeah that's <laughs> different <laughs> then you can use SLI Brad uh, actually somebody uh, we had a champion uh, who was at uh, Kyle in uh, YouTube is championing a two 1080 or two 1070 SLIs is better than a 1080 Ti in his opinion oh sure uh, I wouldn't. Two 1070 SLIs would, I think, definitely outpunch the 1080 Ti by itself. Uh, the major caveat being in the games that support it, because in the <laughs> games that don't, it's significantly under. Yeah. That's so polite. Brad is so polite there. <laughs> I really is. thought He's he, a was nice gonna, guy. he was going to just bust out and say, yeah, that would work if you waited three months and supported the drivers. But I'm a big supporter of SLI. I think SLI is, and you know, multi-GPU is, is, is a cool thing to support, so I... I'm a supporter. I love it. I wish I wish I really, really wish I could suggest it to more people because that's like I've said before, that's always been my go to advice. You know, buy one now, maybe in a couple years, buy another one. It'll be cheaper than buying a new graphics card. But over the past two or three years, so many game engines are just not supporting it on day one. So it's it's hard to recommend if you're the kind of person who buys relatively new games. It does seem like it has gotten worse. I mean, that was sort of like the classic. I'm going to buy a second card later and, and do SLI. But that. The thing just rarely seems to work anymore. You just you mm-hmm. just end up getting the shaft, and and I guess yeah. If you're looking at man, if you had like a nine, you had a nine seventy. Would I mean? Would you do a second nine seventy card for two hundred bucks, hundred and sixty bucks? I mean, but that's I have the right answer. If you have a nine seventy, the answer is no because of that memory. Oh right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, but it's also a little different. I mean, what's are you going to see uh, performance gains in in media creation stuff like in Premiere? You no, know, no, it's a lot. Yeah, so you know, it's like then no, I'm 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 you know. I'm not going to see it in my media stuff, and I'm not going to. I'm. I might see it in games. Like I'm not going to take that risk personally. So, yeah, that 970 memory thing was that did did hurt the card. I mean, still a great card. I, at the time, I never right? did sign up uh, for that. What is it? Twenty dollars that lawsuit or whatever. I, I I had the tab open for a while, and I was going to fill it out, and I never did. I was like, yeah, whatever, it doesn't matter. It was still a kick-ass card. I mean, yeah. it, they get a lot of heat for it, and deservedly so. It should have been announced up front. But, I mean, in the end, the reason it took so long to catch is because the card kicked a lot of ass. And you tested it, playing it in games, and aside from edge cases where you could fill up that 3.5 to 4 buffer, I mean, it, it kicked butt. So, hmm. All right. You know, I, so, I, yeah, I want to close out on where Vega is going to be. So, I, nobody knows what's happening with Vega. We, we don't know. It's just rumors every day. Where's the room for Vega to show up here? Because you got 700 with TI, you got 500. Is it 500? Holy smokes, that feels so cheap now. With a 1080. <laughs> Is that a year? That's... And now it's what, four ish, you know, 350 ish for the 1070. Where where the heck can Vega come in that they really sort of disrupt uh, NVIDIA the way AMD sort of has with Intel? Huh? Depends how powerful it is. I mean, like I said, it's been a year. I'm not surprised the GTX 1080 is cheaper, but it's also been a year. So hopefully Vega outpowers the GTX 1080, right? Yeah, I guess you expect it, right? Yeah, we'll have to see what happens. But uh, there's no official word from an AMD whatsoever. A lot of the, the AMD subreddit and different forums and stuff are trying to do math to figure out where they think it might be based off this leak and, you know, this and that and whatnot. Right. And a lot of them are putting it somewhere between the GTX 1080 and 1080 Ti. But I would take all that with a massive grain of salt until we hear something official from AMD, until reviewers get hands on it. I mean, don't don't 
buy into hype about stuff you don't know. <laughs> well, but doesn't it doesn't it also um, like leave a huge gap? You know, if it's going to come out punching around the 1080 Ti range, you know, the, what the <laughs> next step down is a, the RX 480. I mean, that's a you know they're they're leaving a huge gap there, right? Well, they could do mm-hmm. you know cut down versions of the Vega yeah. core, I guess, or a lower you know <clears throat> some mid range part. Well, and in a weird, I would oh, expect it. I would expect it to be more than one graphics card, right? I mean, typically companies don't make a GPU and then only have a single graphics card on it. They have several SKUs of it. So, yeah, but I mean, I, so where do you think AMD has to come in though? To, to uh, because do they have to beat 1080? And then more importantly, it is very. It does sort of parallel what happened with Intel. I mean, everybody sort of thought, you know, Ryzen had to come in at a certain price to really mess Intel up. Where does where does Vega have to come in for price? It will 100% depend on performance because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it's more powerful than a 1080 Ti, as long as it's, even if it is over 700 bucks, as long as it's worth for, worth it for the money, then it's worth it for the money, right? But if it falls between a GTX 1080 and 1080 Ti, they just got to slot it in where it goes, so on and so forth. Well, we have no idea at this point. What if uh, Curtis in YouTube's uh, uh, thinking, uh, what if the price is just above a 1070, but it beats a 1080 in performance? Then you should buy it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's sort of what they aim for with Ryzen in a way, because, uh, you know, people think things are static. Um, but, you know, I, I would imagine if the performance is better than a TI or better than a 1080, but priced just a little bit at the $400 mark, NVIDIA's got to react, right? NVIDIA does react, unlike Intel, which honestly has not reacted at all to Ryzen yet. So oh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> Do you think, I mean, I don't know. It just foreign, I mean, it, man, that'd be awesome, wouldn't it? It all depends on performance. That's yeah. what it's going to come down to. God is playing it so safe. Yeah. So just trying to pry yeah. some. It's people, like he's never heard of Twitter. You can't answer that. I don't want to be, uh, you know, <laughs> look, people's Brad, up. I mean, look, you don't know. This is journalists. That's what you expect. Journalists <laughs> are the, the whole, like, dispassionate objective. Let's, well, let's see. Let's, let's, uh, let's, you can't have all the, the, the asterisks and none that. <laughs> People expect journalists today to just say crazy things and make all kinds of proclama- proclamations. That's so. why you went to school, well, right? <laughs> the, the card that they did show, the one that we did play with at CES, it was slightly ahead of the GTX 1080 in Doom in performance, right? But right. Doom is obviously an AMD-leaning card. These were unoptimized drivers. Uh, but I don't know. The feeling I get from Vega is I think it's going to be a very powerful card. But I feel like a lot of the focus being put there with like this high-memory high bandwidth cache controller, so on and so forth. I feel like they're laying the pipe works more to get into servers and data centers with this stuff. I think that's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of what this is. It's going to be still a kick-ass card, but I think they're laying a lot of groundwork to move into that new market that they haven't been in for a while. Okay. So I have one last one last thing on this topic. Uh, I was in Austin. I had to go to Fry's. Uh, they have a new Fry's out there uh, to pick up uh, some equipment that I forgot. And, uh, they had, you know, I, I, I was just perusing around, you know, they had a pretty big setup for, uh, peripherals and, and, and components and stuff like that, you know, and then a whole aisle dedicated to video cards. Uh, and like all of the AMD stuff was just empty. It was just like somebody came through and just, you know, ripped off the shelves and then all the Nvidia stuff that, you know, they still had just stockpiles and stockpiles of them. Uh, it was, hmm. I should have taken a photo. It was an interesting, uh, interesting site. Do you think that means that uh, basically all of the AMD stuff is moving because the prices are right? 
Or there's not enough. I don't know. There's one, no one of the prices on AMD, the, the 400 series, the new stuff, are damned right these days. You can get them on mega sales these days. Like, uh, it was 170 bucks for a 4 gigabyte RX 480 the other day with Doom. It's like, wow, that's, that's just... Wow. That's pretty good. <laughs> Damn. That is, I mean, that's pretty good price. And the 1060 is not even close enough to... In, in, they in they haven't touched prices on any of that stuff, really. I mean, you might get $10 here or there, but they're still sticking to MSRP, basically. Well, and I, I didn't even know uh, until I was there in that aisle, they have a, a 1050 Ti. Uh, yeah. they, they released I was like, oh, wow. I, you know, we, we focus so much on the high-end stuff, I didn't even realize they had a, a 1050 Ti. I reviewed it. Ti. It's pretty great for what it yeah. is. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and it may, I mean, actually, that is the, you know, that's what retail buy. I mean, that people yeah sure we love talking about $700 video cards but you know 80% of people are buying less 200 is like their high end video card RX 480 is like a high end card to most people right so mm-hmm. and for 1080p so it's you know AMD's still doing decent there so let's see what they can do with Vega and actually this brings us to the next topic because Segway. we do need to move to the next topic we are going to be so the next thing is of course Ryzen five is finally showing up. I have the slide in front of me. Let me uh, so uh, there's there's four parts. I have to look at the slide, otherwise I'll get it all wrong. <laughs> the top end part, which is a six core uh, SMT, so with you know slash you know AMD's hyperthreading, it's uh, has uh, twelve threads, sixteen hundred X, two hundred and forty nine dollars with uh, a three six three six base clock, four gigahertz. Turbo. Next That's step the down. Same as the eighteen hundred X. Yeah. Yeah. Same clocks, but you give up two of the cores, right? So that's yep. man. That's that's not a bad deal. And what was oh. the price on that? Two two forty nine. Oh. So I mean two forty nine. So like half it, the price. Well, and it also puts it right up against a core i five. You know seventy six hundred K. So that's up against a i five no hyper threading, uh, KB Lake. Mm-hmm. So against a the quad. Then you go the Ryzen sixteen hundred no X. Uh, three two base six cores. You know, uh, all these has SMT, so twelve threads, uh, three six boost clock, two nineteen. Um, that's and you know what, you could probably overclock that up to that sixteen hundred X. So because they're all unlocked. Next step down. If it's down, anything like the R seven series, you can. You'll overclock it. You definitely will hit that that ceiling at the, at that four gigahertz, right? Though, but um, but still, you can't overclock it. They are unlocked parts, which is awesome. Um, fifteen hundred X. Uh, four cores, eight threads, three five base, three seven boost, one eighty nine. So that's their quad. Damn. Their quad equivalent of basically a seventy seven hundred K as far as thread count goes. Just thread count, one eighty nine, which is about a hundred and twenty bucks cheaper Damn. than a seventy seven hundred K. It's pretty good. And the base Ryzen five is the Ryzen five fourteen hundred. Uh, again, four cores, eight threads, three two base, three four. Uh, boost and 169. So we got two quad cores and two six cores, all of them with, uh, you know, AMD's hyper threading, which is, I have to describe it that way because people don't understand what SMT really means yet. So nice. What do you guys think? About 169. That? That's cheaper than that uh, overclockable core i3, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's probably, I think that I, yeah, I, that i3, I mean, but I, I don't know what the hell that i3 is, um, honestly. Yeah, it's about 180 bucks, I think, but on the street, it's probably about the same price. So it's a dual-core, uh, hyper-threaded, unlocked, and it does overclock like nuts, but it is a dual-core. Do you think these disrupt Intel's KB Lake? Well, I mean, this is just 
this whole topic we could talk about for four hours. Right? <laughs> are the prices right? Do the, does, the, does the thread count sound right to you guys to mess up Intel? Uh, yes, but I think it's going to be less so. Because, you know, imagine, so if, if we think about they're going to come out with maybe that same kind of graphics hiccup as they did before, uh, assuming, you know, we, we mystery. don't know. I think yeah. graphics mystery is the, mystery is what mystery. I still I st- am still sticking to. You know, uh, when you compare the eight core, you know, Ryzen to the eight core Intel, you know, that's half the price and, and maybe you're giving up what, what was it? like 10 to 20 percent yeah there's some games you could give up i mean if you're running a 1080 ti yeah you're you could possibly give 20 percent, but you get so, 500 dollars back for i mean it. That, that's oh. still a huge deal but at this at this range you know you're you're getting a you know is it still worth it to lose 10 to 20 percent if you're only saving like 100 bucks yeah that's interesting because like, that does compress it right but you but you know i mean it's weird so i mean you know in the pre we're sort of in this weird pre-rising release you know, pre-Ryzen, it was like, man, this sounded so awesome because you're getting, man, I mean, six cores. I mean, six core, 12-thread processor for 220 bucks. I mean, the cheapest you could get that from Intel is uh, before it was a 350. So mm-hmm. it seems like that's a hell of a deal. But then you do give up some performance in games. Again, this is it's still a mystery. Nobody really knows why AMD is still not said exactly. They said, here's what the problem is. They said the problem ain't Windows 10. I still a little doubtful of that i don't know what's going on but i mean it's it's a controversial thing clearly but is it worth it you know i mean not and the thing is really with a you know a 1070 class card or a 4x80 uh, a 480 at 1080p or 1440 on ultra settings you're probably not going to see it right you know and this is something hayden's talked about a lot of you know is that that we're we're very much still stuck in four cores for gaming you know, right. right in in that land, maybe that'll change, and and hopefully Ryzen helps with that. But you know, we're it's still four cores is all you need. You know, but is that still is that still worth it to to jump ship? Say you're an Intel, you know, you've been on Intel forever. You know, uh, would you want to stick with that, or is that even enough to jump ship if you're just going to stick with a quad core? Yeah, I, I, that's one thing. I I, I think. It, go ahead, Brad. Sorry. Well, I was going to say first, we don't want to just to, I am the cautious one. You don't want to jump to any conclusions before these things are released and reviewed. Yeah. Uh, but I think, again, it's going to depend much like the Ryzen 7 series is going to depend on what you use it for. Because, I mean, these six six core, 12 thread parts for 250 for 220, that's ridiculously good if you're looking to do any sort of productivity tests or streaming or whatnot, right? And I mean, even though that even though these AMD parts have had kind of mysterious performance in some games, um, and it's not just at 1080p, even though that's what a lot of people say, it's, it just manifests more clearly at 1080p because it's not GPU bound. Uh, it's still pretty damn good performance. I mean, yes, it might be a little bit slower than the Intel processor in certain games, but the performance you're getting is still great. And if these, I mean, comparatively speaking, you're still hitting 60 frames per second. It's still smooth, so on and so forth. Uh, so if these chips keep that up, I mean, I, st- I think the performance story and uh, appeal of these still largely line up pretty much the same as the Ryzen R7 chips or 7 series chips, but just, you know, cheaper. Yeah, I, I got to agree. I, I think people get a little... They get a little too caught up in 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 their brand loyalty, which I I honestly don't believe in. I think honestly, if 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 brand B is better than brand A, you buy brand B. So and of course, brand B 
it's got to be better for your needs. Yeah. You know, so yeah. uh, like for me, uh, if, of course, I already have an eight core part. If I did not have an eight core part, if I had an i5 part and I was doing more content creation, I'd build Ryzen before I build Broadway because who the hell can afford Broadway these days, right? It's still hyper expensive compared to AMD. So that's what you do. Yeah, you give up a little bit of gaming performance, but not enough to matter to me. It's not, it's not, that's the one thing that I think everybody needs to, everybody just needs to chill out on both sides because you've got Intel fanboys harping on the AMD guys. You got the AMD fanboys going nuts. <laughs> Ryzen gaming performance is not terrible. It is, just, I don't know why people just can't say that. It's not terrible. Yeah, it takes a backseat and a lot of stuff over Intel. Some things might be even, some things might be a little faster, but for the most part, it's not terrible. It's, it's a solid third place part, which, I don't, and again, people are like freaking out over that. But third place in the uh, third place in the Olympics, what are you gonna like? Oh yeah, you suck, man. <laughs> you, it's still a really good. You should have stayed so home. People, people uh, just need to understand that. Something that people should also know is that while we don't know what's causing this uh, mysterious gaming performance, one of the uh, theories is that it's the way that these chips are designed with two CCXs. And when data jumps from one to the other, it's a little bit slower than with Intel chips. And that's why we're seeing this in gaming is one of the theories being bolstered, uh, you know, bantered around. Uh, and with that being said, these Ryzen 5 chips still use two CCXs, just like Ryzen 7. They uh, are two plus two cores for the four core parts and three plus three cores for the six core parts. Right. So that doesn't it won't solve the because I, I know that when. Everybody was saying, oh, well, the problem with Ryzen 7 is because of the two CCXs. Wait till we get the quad-core parts, because that'll be a true, you know, quad-core part. Everything on one CCX, well, eh, not going to happen. So these are still dual parts. So whatever, if it is truly this, you know, inner CCX communication, that's the problem. These parts will probably exhibit it the same, in, in fact, possibly more. Because if you're looking at the quad-core part, you only have, you know, two cores in CCX1 and two cores in CCX2. So... There will be more talk, whereas in a, on a Ryzen 7, you could have all four on one core or one CCX. God, it's <laughs> so hard to call it that. But. So, yeah, that is, that, that's going to be a problem. But, I'm really interested to see, like, as soon as all this stuff came up, AMD was saying this can be solved through game optimizations, right? Through software being aware of Ryzen, which if the CCX issue is jumping back and forth is part of the, not the issue, but the cause of the slower gaming performance, then... Uh, you would think that game optimizations could, in fact, plan around that and make it better in the future. So I really am curious to see whether or not developers start to do that, whether or not that is, in fact, the issue, whether or not it is possible to be programmed around. So it's still the early days, right? It's yeah. a brand new platform. <laughs> right. And I, I do suspect that is something that can be done. Um, I know, you know, a couple of developers have said, you know, we can mm -hmm. we can fix it through optimization. So it is, again, a new architecture. But. The argument from the anti side is like, well, that doesn't help me for, you know, the nine, 90% of games that, that will never get a patch for Ryzen. So but at the same time, those people say this, but it's like, uh, are you really running this? You know, are you, you having a problem running your six year old game on your, your 1080 or 1070 <laughs> on your Ryzen 7? Are you running out of frame rates? No. <laughs> so that's not realistic really either. So I, I'm really interested to see these reviewed, man, because to me, six cores, 12 threads for 220 bucks. That's just as ridiculous as eight cores and 16 threads for 500 bucks is. I mean, that's just like something that computing hasn't seen before. Yeah. And I'm excited to see where these all land. Yeah, I, I'm very excited, too. I mean, I, I um, you know, the, so just so we know, the, the parts will be on sale on April 11th. So 
pretty soon now the world will know. Hmm. I, I, uh, what was I going to say? I'm just sort of like, Oh, so I, I, I sort of think, but I, I want to give some practical buying advice. So I, I think if you are somebody like, and you have a very old machine now, so you've got God pre Sandy bridge. So like a Clark Dell or an FX, an older FX or a phenom system, you need to do your upgrade. So I sort of think pre Ryzen when everybody bought into the hype, including myself, I thought basically you would have no choice except Ryzen because they are going to be so disruptive to Intel. Why the hell would you buy an Intel, you know, part because you're getting all these cores for less money from AMD. Clearly there's a little bit of a penalty to be paid in some things. And, but I sort of think, so that person, I would say, look, you got three things. Depends on what you do, right? If you are 90% gamer, you know, 75% gamer, you know, Intel quad parts, still really good parts. You're getting, you know, really the top-notch performance there is for gaming. You're getting more than enough cores for what you do, which is mostly gaming. And, you know, you're not a heavy, you know, media encoder, so that's good. So that's really a good option for you. If you are uh, somebody who's like, hey, you know, I, I'm, again, this, I like to use my PewDiePie reference. I, I want to get on YouTube. I'm, I'm doing streaming. I need more cores because I'm also doing video editing and all kinds of stuff where I need to do a ton of stuff at the same time. Clearly the best, the best bang for your buck. And I honestly think for people who aren't, you know, rich is Ryzen at that point, Ryzen seven. It's just an awesome choice. You just, that's the way to go. And then actually the one thing that I really thought that would not have a future, but still does. I do think like say Broadwell E still has a future, a core, a core Intel parts actually, those people are like, Hey, I need one thing is I need a crap load of PCIe lanes. Cause I'm get, just gotten tons and tons of ME, NVMe drives, all this PCIe stuff. And I also want basically, you know, really great gaming. Cause you know, um, in my test, Broadwell E is not that much slower than KB Lake. So yep. it's a great choice, but you are paying a massive amount of money to get into a six core, eight core Intel part. So it's tough, but clearly if this is an investment, a business investment, it's, it's not a bad choice. So, mm-hmm. and I do think that, Pre-rise, and I thought there would be no room for Broadwell E. I still think there's room for Broadwell E at this point. Well, I just just speaking of that in- makes sense. Yeah, speaking of Intel, uh, have they have they fought back at all? Has they, have they said anything? Have they uh, started to to feel like there's pressure? Because uh, somebody in the chat, um, and we we've saw this uh, many times before. Ruru two says uh, we just want Ryzen to do well, so Intel will cut their prices. <laughs> that's true i mean everybody wants rising the deal because you want competition in the market and not of just cut prices you want intel you want amd to do great so that um so that intel actually improves performance too because clearly you're not really every there's every new generation of chips there's not really a huge step up in performance right we're not seeing like a 20 percent stair step where it's just like whoa from it's really like oh seven percent maybe right so it it would be nice competition will make intel work harder at the same time i gotta say that doesn't mean you go like well uh thanks amd now i'm just gonna go out and buy intel that's just because you gotta actually some people have to support those parts that ecosystem so maybe you know this this generation maybe you switch you know i i do think you got to do what's best for you but maybe this is like give amd a serious look this time so 
One thing about uh, that we haven't talked about about the uh, Ryzen 5 launch is that AMD said that they're really going to be focusing on B350 boards coming out at the same time, whereas the uh, Ryzen 7 parts, they focused more on getting the X370 super high-end boards out. And that's actually been a major choke point for a lot of people who would buy because it's really hard to find X370 boards in a lot yeah. of times, and even coolers. People are having troubles getting brackets for coolers sometimes. <laughs> Uh, when the Ryzen 5 comes out, they're going to be focusing more on B350 motherboards. So expect to see more motherboards there. Hmm. Although, I, I, I mean, this is, again, it's, I think it's fine for what everybody does, most consumer applications. But I do think these chipsets are a little underwhelming compared to, you know, Broadwell. Yeah, but like, like you said, it's $500 less. So. Yeah, it's $500 less. So, But, man, I was just looking at the specs. So B350, you're getting, um, of course, you get a single by 16 out of the chip. And then you get, uh, what, four SATA ports and then plus a BY2 NVMe. So, and then there's a BY6 Gen 2, which is hanging off the chipset. Not going to be putting too much high-performance stuff off that. It, it'd be nice to have a few more lanes, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, that board that board shortage, I was told by a, a motherboard vendor that should get a lot better soon. So, there are ships coming, container ships coming with more motherboards, so. Nice. Uh, uh, the other thing people might care about about this launch is the 1600X is the only one that ships without a cooler. Uh, and the other ones, they ship with either the Wraith Spire or Wraith Stealth, but they don't have those swanky, snazzy RGB lights that the Wraith Max comes with the R7, the Radi- uh, Ryzen 7 series. So the Ryzen 5 uh, chips, won't, you won't be, you're going to have to bring your own RGB lighting. So even the 1500X won't have a Wraith? No, I mean, they have 50, a they have the we'll step have down race without oh. RGB lighting. Yeah, because on the Ryzen Seven launch, none of the X parts had uh, Wraith coolers. I think only the yes, yeah. and the seventeen hundred had the Wraith Max, which looks pretty impressive when you see it in pictures because it has that glowing circle in the middle. Hmm. I wonder if that's a mistake at, the, at at this price point. You know, this because people sort of like they want their free you know cooler. I mean, even sixteen hundred X. I, there's a lot of people actually running um, 7600Ks with an Intel stock cooler, as suck as it is, but I would think there are, so. Yeah. I agree. I think every box should have a stock cooler, to be honest. But, again, I can get around it for, like, Broadwell E or the Ryzen 7 1800X, like the top, 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 top ones. But otherwise, I think that I don't like it when Intel does it either. I think, you know, you should have what you need to run your CPU, the CPU and the cooler. Yeah. I mean, what I always like, though, is when companies do this, where it's like, okay, this is a standard feature. You get a new cell phone, you get a new charger, right? Or, <laughs> well, because, you know, because everybody's got a USB-C charger, uh, your new phone will not come with a charger because you already have it. <laughs> oh, that's great. So you knock 10 bucks off the price of the phone? No, no. no. <laughs> Same price. So what What exactly? Well, we're being more green. Okay, are you not, not giving me a... No, no, we're just not giving you something that we used to give you, and then we're calling it something. So that that that's a suck. Oh, man, do we have any... I mean, it's already been an hour. Yeah. I, well, let me get into... Well, of course, the last thing, there's not that much to actually talk about. Uh, we should... Do we have questions or we're going to hold those for the end? We'll hold them for the end, but uh, you know, something I think maybe we can cap this off with. Who is Ryzen 5 aimed for? Ryzen 7 was aimed for you know, enthusiasts and real you know, heavy media creators. Ryzen 5, who, who do you think they're, they're really going after here? Oh, I think the six cores are aimed at people who are sort of like you know, budget kind of uh, content creators. Those people... My God, that's the only thing you could ever get from Intel for 249 bucks was a quad core with the hyper threading turned off. 
So now you're getting 12 threads of performance for $250. And two, $220. Are super compelling, I think. Yeah. Man, it's just like, yeah, if you're going to do media encoding or any media, media content creation, this is, I think it's really aimed at, you know, people like, oh, I don't want to pay for a core. I can't afford it. These are awesome parts. And then uh, the, the two lower end quads are clearly aimed at mostly gamers, I think, sort of like higher end gamers or medium entry level gamers. So, which, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens, how that stacks up against uh, Intel's parts. Cool. Got a 189. What does Intel have a 189? It, you know, the Intel world is weird. Because it's either, it's really for, because all gamers buy the K parts because even if they'll, know, they'll never overclock. So it really is 350, 250. And then there's nothing else at that point. So, <laughs> man, that's crazy. This is like four parts that are under a uh, core i5 7600K. That's just nuts. Yeah. Cool. All right. We want to move on to Intel. Yes. Uh, I'm going to pull up my notes if I can. Segment for every major PC maker, hardware <laughs> maker today. Yeah. There is something. Everybody gets a choice of something. Uh, so I'm going to find up because I, I can talk about. Uh, so the, ne- the next thing is Intel's Optane. The much, you were talking about hyped. Ryzen was hyped. Optane is hyped just as much. Oh, I remember reading about this. Optane's going to be a thousand times faster than today's assistants, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I, I think I was among the people who actually wrote that it would be a thousand times faster. Well, that's because Intel said it, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, and I got to say, and I don't think people really reported this. Uh, I was at the workshop that they just talked about this, and Intel still, and I, I got to be careful here with what I can talk about. There's things I can say. There's things I cannot say. Um. I think I can say this without a problem is that Intel Rob Cook still thinks Optane is a sea change moment in technology sea change that he puts up there. And I kid you not with the steam train, um, <laughs> electricity <laughs> and the internet is, and even the PC, which as we know is the biggest development and among the Mac. all those things. No, no, no. Just That's kidding. just a PC. <laughs> but hey, he really, they really do think that Optane really will change the world at some point, right? So mm. we're clearly not at that point yet because, I mean, the original hype was, you know, a thousand times faster, you know, 10 times cheaper than RAM, 10 times denser than NAND. Um, what we have today is the new Intel Optane dc p4800x it is a pcie ssd using optane memory i think it's 384 gigs 375 oh actually not 320 gigs that's a weird number i'm looking at somewhere around somewhere in the 300s yeah it's it's basically a weird number optane basically costs three times it's three times as expensive as nan and you know the intel uh uh ssd that this would go up against is about you know, um, I think about $1,500 and this one is $1,500 that the $1,500 NAND SSD is uh, about three times the capacity of this drive. And this one is again, it's, it's sub 400 gigs. So, I mean, that just seems like a sea change right there. Uh, yeah, I definitely, you know, you gotta, the, you gotta make sure the hype train is, is, is correct, but there, this is aimed at it's for, enterprise use it's it's for service for data centers and there's actually a couple cool features about this uh optane they are still saying like look we get awesome amounts of it lasts way longer than what you can get out of NAND. and i know that for a consumer you're never going to wear out your ssd i'm just sorry any of those you're going to wear your ssd out crap that's just not true you or i we will never wear out an ssd (laughs) it ain't going to happen 
these last longer than than a normal NAND SSD, but in high you know high bandwidth, uh, high traffic uses, and uh, the you can actually people do wear out SSDs. That's the amount of data that they are writing, so Jeez. they wear out NAND SSDs. So this will last longer. They're saying it has a better ROI than that. And the other really kind of cool thing. That is interesting. So these Optane SSDs can go into a a server, and then there's software that Intel has that basically loads before the OS. uh, It's like like a hypervisor that then lets the system treat the Optane SSD as memory. (laughs) So, you know, so if you are building a server and you have, I don't know, you know, 256 gigs of RAM, whatever it is, you could then say like, hey, you can add two or three or four of these Optane SSDs into the same server and now, you know, have a lot more memory and actually less cost and also, you know, less heat, less thermals and all that stuff too, which, you know, data center people get crazy about the way people get excited about frame rates in, in video games. <laughs> but uh, isn't theoretically going to be a uh, performance uh, drop though? Well, coming the, off of PCI. Yeah. I mean, there is some, there is a little bit of a performance hit. I mean, you know, I, again, you know this this is all data center server stuff um the, they had people up there saying like you know from vmware and from a couple other companies saying look optane really this stuff you were able to build servers that can because of what we can do these they're saying these things blow away they smoke all the nand ssds we've seen you can't do this they're able to just increase you know transactions to some to levels they they could not before you know, except they could do it with Optane because Optane is just that fast. It just has crazy fast latency. I've got some uh, some numbers here from Agam's article. Yeah, just to kind of put this in perspective, uh, Agam's article. Agam Shah, he works with us. Uh, he says that with uh, these Optane SSD, this P four eight hundred X or whatever, uh, the sequential write speeds are roughly the same as SSDs, today's SSDs. So no real improvement there. Uh, but most workloads in the real world are random, right? right. And uh, random write speeds are up to 10x faster than SSDs or three times faster than SSDs when pushed to extremes. And it has three times faster random read speeds as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so in a standard 4K data block where it was 70% read speeds and 30% write speeds, it was five to eight times faster than that other Intel uh, standard SSD you were talking about. So that's actually a pretty huge leap in performance over standard SSDs. Uh, I'm just really let down because they were hyping it up so much. Right. <clears throat> that like if they hadn't said all that, this is going to be a thousand times faster. This is going to be so on and so forth. If they just said, hey, check out this new SSD. It has this new technology. It's up to 10 times faster than SSDs. I'd have been like, wow, that's amazing. How'd you do that? But, yeah. And, then, and one other thing, too, because I, I finally found my charts for this. And because I'm trying to figure out what I can say and what I cannot say. And this chart, I'm pretty clear I, I can talk about this. So. Besides the fact that the latency, the the random I/O is just uh, just magnitudes better than a NAND, and we're not talking just crappy little SSDs. We're talking about you know um, server class uh, SSDs, but it also comes on a lot faster. So there's a chart here where I where I show like so typically you know they start hitting you you test these uh, server SSDs with IOPS. So you measure an IOPS and it starts ramping up slower and slower. And only when you're getting to like I don't know like you know three hundred thousand IOPS, you sort of see the 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 performance really sort of take off uh, with Optane drives on on the enterprise one. They're saying like, look, this thing basically you're basically almost 
it, you take off, you start hitting it with, you know, IO and it just starts taking off. So the best way I can sort of describe this to people is we've all driven cars that they have a really great horsepower rating, but you know, the horsepower doesn't come on to like, I don't know, 4,000 <laughs> RPM, right? So you're in your Hyundai, old Hyundai, and you're just, you're just wailing on that engine, waiting for that, that power to come on. But the power curve is like, so like you are just revving the hell out of the motor to get there. You just never really do that. So Optane really is very much like a, a really torquey engine where it just comes on and just puts you in the back of the seat from, from the get go hmm. and starts going. So that's one of the things that often they're saying, yeah, sure. We are not, we're not giving you crazy sequential speeds, but this, we're just giving you all this low end torque, I think is the way people can sort of understand it and hmm. in a car reference. You're not going to hit top speeds, but you're going to, you know, be able to get off the line real quick. Yeah. It's like those old terrible turbos where like, yeah, you, the only way you can get your power is to get that turbo on at high RPM. And you know what? Going from street light to street light, it's just not going to happen, <laughs> right? You can do that at 150 miles an hour, and most of us are not driving at 150 miles an hour, so. So uh, I got a question in YouTube from uh, Ruru2. Uh, is this somewhere between uh, DDR2 and DDR3, uh, <sighs> do you think, in performance? I, um, I I don't know if they've characterized it that way yet. Oh, and I can say that thing is like there will be Intel at this thing. Again, I'm trying to make sure I have everything straight. They are saying, yes, we are we're still working on Optane that goes into a dim. Optane dim is going to be coming. So you will get uh, Optane that goes into a DDR4 slot, and that can be treated basically as RAM hmm. by the system. Uh, as far as performance goes, I yeah, I, I bet. Yeah, DDR2 definitely. It probably does exceed DDR2 in some ways, I bet. But, you know, you're still looking at, you know, RAM versus, you know, uh, an SSD, so I don't, I don't know. We'll see when we get them. And the one thing I know, this all this lot of this server enterprise stuff has got everybody's eyes glazing. But Intel does say, like, hey, we don't worry, enthusiasts. We got a part coming from you. We do have an Optane SSD. We are working on for you. We can't tell you when you're going to get it, but it's coming. I'm very interested in seeing that. <laughs> but I got to say, I I don't think it will be uh, a thousand times faster, 10 times cheaper and 10 times denser, which was the original message. And they actually at, at this meeting, they're like, look, that it was tough, but they were talking about the media. So the 3D cross point media that they're they are building with Micron in Utah, that is the media itself. This media is incredibly fast. Right. But we are now taking this media and we. We are trying to turn this into a product. We're not there yet. There's a lot of other limitations, but that is so. Optane is what you're seeing, it, taking that that media into uh, into an actual product. Nice. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, I mean, clearly, nobody cares, right? Nobody's going to go out and buy a fifteen hundred dollar, you know, sub four hundred gig SSD to use in but, their desktop. But box. the important part about that, the reason I was personally interested in it, because it means Optane's actually here, right? Yes. We've been. They've been talking about it for a while. It's very exciting. It's actually here. Those numbers actually look pretty damn good. So, yes, yes, we just want to see it in a in a consumer product and and see what what that turns out to be. Hopefully, we'll know soon since we got enterprise stuff. Um, I think the last time they announced the enterprise stuff first, and the consumer stuff came pretty quickly. So we'll see. Nice. All cool. Right. We want to kick it to questions. Yeah, let's take yes, it all sir. the questions. All YouTube, right. Facebook, you got questions asked now. Let me actually clear ask some. all the questions you ask want. Ask all the questions. Anything. Everything. Let me, man, am I going to get a ticket? I'm going to get a ticket in half an hour. And they're like, these tickets in San Francisco are like $5,000. <laughs> Wait, so let me uh, find questions Brad got. Which, uh, ask questions. Ask 
questions. I think we actually answered one of these earlier. Some uh, these paper from Twitter. This is from Twitter. Paper, paper not, not we answered. Paper not we answered on the third party. T- uh, we also answered uh, Ken Panzer's question about uh, Ryzen quad core configured. You know, two plus two, three plus three. Uh, also, uh, we got questions about the HEDT, which is an Intel term, Ryzen chips that have been floating around. These are just rumors. Uh, Josh Scott Bradley wants to know about it. What's up with these uh, high performance Ryzen's? What can you say about that, Brad? Uh, nothing. AMD <laughs> hasn't announced them, but the rumors going around are that AMD is working on. They call it, according to the rumors, X three nine nine platform, uh, which is uh, funny because Intel's is called X ninety nine. Uh, but uh, platform for like higher end chips, kind of e- equivalent to Broadwell E on the Intel side. And the rumor being that uh, they're working on a what was it, 16 core chip, right? 16 yeah. core chip, 32 threads chip for around a thousand dollars is the rumor going around right now. AMD said nothing about it, but you know, rumor mills going on about it. Who knows if it's actually going to exist? I mean, Naples for servers is 32 cores, right? Yeah. So, I mean, there's plenty of room between 8 cores and 32 cores. I would expect something to go in there somewhere at some time. But So the, the X30, X399 chipset is really what they're going to call it? So the rumor mill says? That's what the rumor mill says. But, I mean, if you think about it, right, we have uh, <clears throat> Intel's things right now are... We have Z270, right? And X99. So AMD's is X370. <laughs> and they also have B250. So AMD did B350. Oh, man. So <laughs> Intel's kind of just dumping on their names. So <laughs> X399 doesn't sound too unrealistic to me right now. That kind of makes sense because um, <laughs> the rumors are Intel's going to introduce their new X299 chipset uh, <laughs> this summer, the summer time frame with the new uh, Skylake X or KB Lake, whatever heck. So that it's just a funny. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I did not put that together. It's like, man, that is that is like that's kind of mean. That's just sort of it confuses people, right? So yeah. the chipset's better. Have, we also have right Ryzen five, Ryzen three, Ryzen seven, just like Core i three, Core i five, Core i seven. Yeah. And, you know, Intel stole that from uh, BMW, so, because if people were conditioned to go seven, five, three, I mean, that, that really funny. is what it goes back to, is it like, Jeez. you know, three is, is not as good as five. You know a five series, and if you really got the money, you got your, your seven series Beamer, so. Uh, okay, now I can see. Uh, That's the rumor going around right now. I mean, it makes sense to me for a 16 core part. I mean, if they're already doing, you know, eight core parts and they can do 32 core parts, then it makes sense that 16 would fit right in there. Yeah. So, uh, but who knows? They haven't officially announced anything yet. So, right. And that's the question I want to give a shout out to him. John Shaft, as we know, uh, the famous detective, <laughs> would you expect Naples to get an eight core or 16 thread or 12 core and with a eight core or with quad channel memory? Yeah. Who knows? Right. Mm. Naples. Have they talked about memory configuration for Naples? Uh, I think it is quad on that, but um, yeah. it's actually, I mean, Naples is pretty over there. I mean, it's insane. Naples is just yeah. over the top. And wh- whatever all the haters on, on Ryzen 7, Ryzen 5, it, Naples is like, damn. So, <laughs> 32 cores. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so, you know, it'd be sweet. It'd be funny if they do do a high-end desktop 
you know, different platform, the Ryzen 1900X or whatever, and they name it to stomp on Intel stuff again. That'd be funny. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if it does happen, but they haven't announced anything yet. So. Yeah, I got to say, man, if 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 AMD had a high end desktop part like 12 core that was reasonably priced, um, I'd, that'd be like a chip for me because like it. I, eight cores are awesome. Like I, I could use two more. I mean, it doesn't. It's hard to. It's hard to say you need more than sixteen because a lot of a lot of applications. In fact, even ten core is kind of stretching it. But if you're doing a lot of things at the same time, ten core, twelve core, it it's awesome to have. It's yeah. really awesome to have. It so. is. Quad cores, they don't cut it for me. So if they do that, that might be the part for me. And I'm sure there will be concerns over gaming performance. But I, you know, I don't. I'm not going to be worried about that with my. Uh, 1080 Ti, right? So. <laughs> Any questions from Facebook? Or oh yeah, YouTube? we got plenty. Uh, from Facebook, we we have a good uh, this or that from Anoni. Uh, Intel Core i7 7700K 4.2 gigahertz socket 1151 or AMD FX series FX 9590 4.7 8x OEM. Pick one. Pick one. Like, is that a choice? <laughs> Because I'm like, there's there's more there. Look, I know people say I'm an FX hater. I'm 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 just sorry. It's just passes prime. If you're saying like that question is not correct, it should be <laughs> 7700K versus what? What is he saying? FX 9590. Uh, nine, oh yeah. How, oh, I'm sorry. No, you know what? The 95. I have a 9590. It works on like three motherboards. No, no. You do the KB Lake there. Uh, I think what if you're asking that question, it really should be 7700K or 8370 and a GTX, you know, uh, 1070 card because there's there's a price disparity. You're getting more money, more value by going AMD, but no, clearly uh, 7700K is the way to go. And frankly, wait for these Ryzen parts. So, I mean, I yep. just, no. All right. Uh, the Naked Truth on YouTube says, um, uh, why do all the AMD motherboards look cheap and low quality? I, I you know, I, and I, I hear what you say. Brad, what do you think, Brad? Uh, I mean, they're still young chipsets. One, I don't think they're that cheap and low quality. I mean, I like I agree. I can hear what you're saying, but like the MSI Titanium board, if you hold it up next to the KB Lake one, I mean, they're that's why I did it CES, and they're you know pretty comparable. And I have the Gigabyte uh, Gaming 5X X5 something like that uh, here, and I like the board. I mean, it's it's got LEDs, and I'm infatuated with it. <laughs> yeah, and I, but I, I do kind of hear what you say, because at CES, I thought they looked a little unpolished. A little, just a little bit. Um, the final boards are better, but yes. I, I think what you're really seeing is uh, this is a young platform. You know, kind of remember, Z270 is it's just Z170, which is not a huge difference, and they've had a lot of time to add tons and tons of features and do all the polished marketing and, and get you to pay for all these LEDs. This will happen with Ryzen boards as well. I mean, I, I doubt these, these, they're just not as mature. They will get better. They are a little rougher, um, a little rougher, but I don't think once it's in your box with all the video cards and all your LEDs on it, anybody will ever notice. So, All right. Uh, there's so many people in the chat uh, screaming about when will the AMD motherboard shortage go away? I actually, it's funny. I have a guy here in town who uh, he's got a who's guy. also a fan. There's a there's a guy here in town <laughs> who has been waiting for months for his Ryzen stuff. Right, every every time I go into his place of business, he talks to me. Hey man, Ryzen's coming out. Ryzen's coming out. I got all my water cooling stuff. I got my coolers ready. I'm ready to go. He's been ready for months, 
and he still has been unable to purchase a motherboard. So he's sitting there with thousands of dollars worth of parts just waiting for a motherboard. Jeez. Oh, man. How, I yeah. mean, how long has he had the part? I mean, the chip. Since right. it came out. I mean, oh, he pre-ordered okay. it. So pre-ordered. <laughs> he's had his probably for, what, two weeks now, two and a half weeks. I, I did talk to a board vendor and they said we've got thousands is the term coming um, on <laughs> chips. They're basically on containers. There are containers full of them coming over from uh, Asia. So I think it will get better. I would give it, you know, maybe a month, a couple months. I mean, ships don't exactly move fast. So I, and it's always probably hard to estimate for a board vendor, how many boards we need. And then clearly, you know, there are, you know, they want to make sure the latest BIOS is on there. So I, I you know, it should get better. And this, I mean, this has happened with other launches too. And uh, like we said earlier, they're going to be focusing on pushing more B350 motherboards out uh, for the Ryzen 5 launch. So hopefully we'll see some more motherboards around then. Right now, if you look around, if you don't mind skipping X370 and going for B350, you can still buy fine to B350 boards today. And as long as you don't plan on doing, uh, you know, like Crossfire or SLI, it's probably good enough for most people. So. Yeah, I'm. I'm X three seventy is in a severe shortage, but B three fifty can still be found out there. And the three fifties are more affordable too, right? Yeah, yeah, they're like the step between the mainstream. It's right below enthusiast grade, I think AMD called it. Yeah, so let me look at the slide here. So, of course, coolers have been a problem too. I've heard from several people uh, who are not having any luck getting uh, AM four coolers or cooling brackets for their existing parts. But, I mean, this is still, you know, it's only been out for a couple of weeks, so. Okay, and the B350 does support overclocking, which is good. That's, mm-hmm. you're not locked into the only by Z series for that kind of stuff. Um, and really, it looks like what? So you lose Crossfire, uh, you do step down, I think it's four SATA ports versus just uh, two by, uh, versus six on the X370. And then mm-hmm. you also lose a couple of uh, PCIe lanes off the chipset, too, so. But, you know, unless you're running crazy amounts of I.O. and storage, it's probably fine. Yep. Hmm. But hopefully it ends soon. I mean, this is like it was the same deal when uh, the GeForce cards came out, right? Uh, Everyone's like, oh, man, I want to get a GTX 1080. I want to get a GTX 1070. It was the same thing with the Radeon RX 480s. You couldn't find them for a while because people have been waiting and wanting to buy these. And I think that's much more so the case with Ryzen chips than it was with those graphics cards. So I'm not surprised to see some shortages. Hopefully they, you know, go away soon because then people can actually have the systems they want. Yeah, and honestly, you got to remember, this is a good thing. You know, <laughs> The bad thing is like, oh, uh, we got containers full of these X370 boards and ain't no one buying them. So the fact that there is a shortage is probably a good thing for AMD. So uh, It's too bad that you can buy as many chips. Like, you can find those chips everywhere in stock, but it's everything around them you can't buy. Man, I saw one on Slick Deals. Um, I pointed out to Elena, who I, I wish was here, but she's sick because um, she's the she's the in-house cheapskate. They had a, a, a Ryzen 7 1700 for like 279 or what? something. Yeah. You should have sent wow. that to me. <laughs> but, you know, I, I was like, oh. But it, it turns out that it was, you know, it goes back to an eBay thing. So, oh, but still, I mean, that's 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 a damn good deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, two more quick questions. Uh, da, 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 little Anthony on YouTube asks, when will we see Ryzen laptops? Uh, again, I, I think the roadmap is probably end of this year ish for a mobile yeah. Ryzen part. So uh, when those designs get out and uh, laptops are a lot more complicated to build than a motherboard. So, um, yeah, I'd give it probably end of the year launch. 
hopefully, you know, everybody wants to make the holiday season slash Christmas, as we can say in some parts. Mm. And if not, it'll probably show up at CES if they can't get it, you know, hammered down in time. All right. Uh, I would expect uh, in the second half of this year is when they're going to have APUs uh, yeah. based off uh, Ryzen, right? And uh, Raven Ridge. I think that those tend to be in laptops much more so than AMD's desktop parts like this, like Ryzen itself. So I wouldn't expect them to be out before the APUs. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the core count is on those two. So, but I guess they'd be native quad still, right? Because it'd still be a single CCX. But who knows how those are designed? We don't know. We're just guessing. Yep. We are rapidly running out Journalism. of time. Last one uh, from YouTube. Nanny asks, uh, "How do you feel about buying games day one? Uh, do you usually wait for the bugs to be ironed out, or do you like to buy them on day one?" Brad, I very. I'm in a unique situation because I test a lot of games because I'm the games editor. Uh, but what I typically do is I don't buy day one unless it's one of the like three or four franchises that I really, 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 really love. Uh, and even then, I still wait for reviews. I don't pre-order. Uh, if you can wait, I mean, if you don't mind not having the latest and greatest games, if you wait, able to wait three, six months, wait for all the updates to come out, for the polish to, to shine up, maybe a couple of things of DLC, you can find games a lot cheaper and in a lot better state than they were at launch if you don't mind waiting. And I, a lot of people, oh. patient gamers on, on, on Reddit, there's, it's called patient gamers, <laughs> where it's all you know people who wait a year or whatever to get the game of the year edition, wait even longer. There's a lot to be said for it if you don't mind you know, not talking about the game on Reddit or whatever. I uh, I have an opposing uh, opinion on this, although Gordon, it, you're you're not. I'm sorry, you're not allowed to answer. You you're not a gamer. You just play World of Warcraft. <clears throat> no, I because I <laughs> right, right now it's my I get I get to play one game. So <laughs> I, I so my feeling on 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 day one. In fact, I pre-order the games that I'm hyped about because I I like to do it. Now I'm going to make <laughs> here's a good analogy for you. You know what? Uh, I know where this is going. No, you don't. I think I do. I think I do. Day one. Let me say. I lined up. So we went to go see Star Wars, what, Rogue One, right? We saw that on day one. We lined up, right, in the freezing cold for hours to go to Rogue One. No, you didn't. We go into the... Th we did. We did. We, we did. We even snuck fried chicken into the theater. It's open. So we go in there. The theater is packed. You know, they got the organ going and everybody's just so hyped because it's a, it's a Star Wars movie that doesn't suck, right? So every it's like experience and you go back on monday and you're like yeah we saw rogue one now you use brad's method like yeah i'm i'm waiting about a month to go see it you know like because I, I don't like it when there's other people in the theater i want to experience <laughs> it like so like a month later you see rogue one and then you're like hey uh you want to talk about rogue one it's like no man what the hell that came out a month ago you didn't see that till now where you can just buy the dvd right so it's like you want you want to get into the hype you you want the excitement of playing that game when it's new and every everybody in chat is excited they're complaining about all the bugs you've lived through all the bugs so you, you buy it day one that that is an experience that is worth money for uh, I, I yeah you could wait a year or you could wait five years or you could emulate it later on down the phone on your phone or something but you know it's it's nice to get in day one gordon loves bugs yeah meanwhile meanwhile those people who bought no man's sky are real happy that they waited a year if they buy it now well yes i mean this the, my strategy does not always work i i always <laughs> bought battlefield every single one i pre-ordered after Battlefield Four, I said no more, and I did not pre-order uh, Battlefield One. But yeah, every, it has yeah it has been, me. and I will say the same thing. 
Uh, my wife and I, we dressed up in costumes to go see uh, Indiana Jones, the Crystal Skull. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah that was that was a Ooh. failure. That was like we took the day off. We got into costumes to see the worst <laughs> Indiana Jones movie. A heartbreaking experience. Yeah, that kept that can happen, too. You know, that, that is a risk to buying on day one or pre-ordering. <laughs> That's the same experience. Or you could be like Brad and be safe. Wait for, oh, I'm going to read the review on the Atlantic before I go and see it. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Ready to go before yeah. John comes let's, in and yells at us. us out. And I get my ticket. So check back in two weeks, hopefully, for your fix of PC Talk on the Full Nerd. For audio listeners, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Send questions and comments. We're very lonely to the Full Nerd at PCWorld.com. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Ung with Brad Charkas. Adios. And Adam Patrick Murray will take us out. See everyone a little later.